You've been lied to, but you don't know how. You've searched, you've struggled, you've cried out. You want the truth, but where is it? You've wandered, you've fought, you've strived, and you have not been satisfied. What is truth? Where is truth? Who is truth? The kingdom of God. Mind control. The last days. Higher dimensions. Unity. The power of faith. Discovering the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. God has promised that he will hide us under his feathers and under his wings we will trust. His truth shall be our shield and our buckler. Discovering the Truth with Dan Devon is the premier program that is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is designed to show you how to become more than you have ever imagined through the power of truth. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And now, prepare for your host, Dan Duvall. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. This program is designed to center you on the kingdom of God, to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ, and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program is a production of Bride Ministries, and you can find us at www.bridemovement.com and, of course, at www.thefireplacechurch.org. Now, as for the Fireplace Church, folks, last week was the final week of the produced service for the Fireplace Church in the way that we've been doing it. And so the way we've been doing it is at 7 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Sunday evenings, you go to thefireplacechurch.org. You watch a produced service with green screen and graphics and all that we were doing, plus worship, plus this, and, and then press a button so you can join Groups after the service. Well, um, we're always transitioning and looking for different ways to do things, trying new things out. And so based on truly circumstance-driven events, uh, we are, as of this week, going to begin doing the Fireplace Church as an online webinar format church meeting. In other words, if you've been to our conferences and engaged with us that way, where you're learning but also able to dialogue and interact with me personally, because, you know, that's the cool thing about the classes. We all get to hang out together. Well, that's what we are going to be doing with the Fireplace Church on Sunday evenings starting this week. And if you're sitting there saying, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, you mean like one big large group where we all get together and hang out and, you know, dive into the Word of God as a group? That sounds awesome. How can I participate? Easy. Um, what you do is you just go to our Facebook at BrideMovement.com, go to classes and events, 
and sign up for the Fireplace Church event, which is a free event, right there. And when you do that, then we'll have your email on hand and we will send you a direct link on Sunday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time to join us. So how do I participate in the Fireplace Church? Go to broadmovement.com and sign up for it under the Classes and Events tab. And then we will send you an email at 7 p.m. It'll come from WebEx. You'll just click a link and you'll be in there with us hanging out. Now, I do want to tell you that I'm going to be in Fort Worth on the, the weekend of August 5th, 4th and 5th. And uh, I'm going to be there also, uh, a gentleman that has been on my program a few years ago, Tim Bentz, powerful man of God, is going to be there as well. And it's going to be at uh, 4024 Dakota Trail, Fort Worth, Texas, 76135. And um, more details about that conference can be found at www.filledwithlightbeings.com. Um, they are hosting the event. And so, you know, if you want to see me speak live, also you want to catch Tim Bentz and hear him, just amazing. Uh, join us in Fort Worth, August 4th and 5th. I also want to remind you guys like, hey, we're going to be doing this conference called Sheep Nations and the End of the Age Part 2. And that's the third weekend in August and signups are right now. Price has been discounted for the time being. Um, so I want to invite you to sign up for that. Now, with that said, folks, uh, we're going to be having a really awesome program today talking about miracles, talking about the power of God and how God just works in, in just amazing supernatural ways. You're, you're really going to um, get a kick out of this program. I don't have anything else for you right now. Folks, you are listening to Discovering the Truth. And I, oh yes, I do have one more thing for you. A big Thinking, thank you to those of you that continue to support us financially. Guys, we are able to keep doing what we're doing because of you. And I am so grateful. And you know what I do? I sit there and I say, God, bless the people that are sowing financially into bride ministries. Bless them, multiply them, expand them. Lord God, I am so grateful for their generosity. Lord, I just believe that your blessing is mighty upon them. You know, um, as, a, as a ministry, uh, we operate based on the amount of uh, finances we are able to raise. That, that's what determines how many survivors we're able to help, how far we can expand the vision at any given point in time, whether or not I'm going to have a personal assistant. You know, right now I have a volunteer answering our emails. I don't even have an actual assistant. I'm, I'm moving to bring one on board. But, you know, <laughs> how do you compensate an assistant, Daniel, with your support? So, 
Guys, uh, I, I just want to say thank you, first and foremost, to those of you that have been supporting us. And if you'd like to support Bride Ministries financially, you can do it at bridemovement.com or thefireplacechurch.org. Conveniently place donate buttons. You'll also find uh, our P.O. box on our websites. With that said, we're getting to the program. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. On discovering the truth with Dan Duvall, and I am really excited this week because we're going to be talking with someone who, again, is new to our podcast. In other words, I haven't had her on before, but you know, folks, I met the most amazing woman at a um, meeting we did in Fort Worth a couple months ago, and her name is Willie Richmond. Now, let's tell you something about Willie. Willie is a grandmother who goes around uh, ministering miracles, uh, signs, wonders. She has raised the dead, folks. And she is a lover of Jesus, just so passionate about the things of God. And I said, you know, Willie, I have to have to get you on my program to tell the people what the Lord has done. And, um, you know, I, I just really have enjoyed every time I've had a moment of contact with Willie. And, and, and I anticipate that you're going to walk away saying the same thing after this program. Willie, welcome to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Dan, thank you so much for having me. Like I, like I just said, I, I'm so excited to get to talk to you. Anytime that we talk, heaven just opens up and we just have a blast. Amen. Well, we are definitely going to have a blast today. And I, you know, one of the things that um, I think is really awesome, Willie, about your story is your testimony. And, you know... Everybody has one. Some people have a more profound story than others. I think mine's kind of boring, personally. But, man, oh, man, did God work you over. Can you talk to us, just to begin this program, on on how the Lord captured your heart? I can, and it, and it's such a simple, simple thing. I, I ran from church, and I, I ran from God. For a lot of years but you know Dan I had a, a childhood girlfriend that prayed for me every time every day since we were in elementary school for me to get saved and she actually sat at my baptism um, when I was 49 years old and wow yes isn't that amazing Absolutely. and you know what she said to me what did she say she leaned over and she said Pastor holds people underwater a little bit longer, who's been a little bad. She said, it was wonderful to know you. 
a friend, huh? <laughs> it sounds like one to me. At least she gives you the warning, you know. Yes, yeah, that's right. Supported me all the way. Her name is Annie. Very powerful woman of God. Well, I was 49 when I was saved. Um, I got radically saved. Um, my mother and father died when I was uh, 48, and they died 13 days apart. And I had never been churched. I didn't know anything about church. And I went to work for a precious lady um, who read the Bible to me every day. And when I got baptized, um, I came up out of the water um, seeing things, um, prophesying, chasing people down in parking lots to lay hands on them. I saw them uh, um, with a bad knee or something. I'd chase them down and, and scare them. And I've had you, people say, get away from me, freak. You, and I would, I would just say, I'm going to pray for you anyway. <laughs> but... I decided I, I probably needed to get the, the gift trained. Um, I was such an, uh, uh, such a heathen. I was an American heathen was my religion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, when I got when I got saved, my husband had one wife one morning, and he had another wife that that evening. And he's such a gracious soul. He's just weathered it, weathered it all. Um, once I got saved, um, strange, strange things happened to me that I didn't understand. I'm, I'm like, my cousin walked across the street. They live across the street. He's six foot seven, mm-hmm. and he, he was just weeping. And he came and he said his wife, uh, my cousin, was diagnosed with um, terminal cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and. Um, I thought I need to pray for her, but I really don't know how to pray. Um, so I walked across the street, and I remember taking her hands and saying uh, to the cancer, um, "You, you got to, you, you got to get out of there." And 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 I thought, "What do I know?" And I, I said, "In Jesus' name." And then I heard a voice, and the voice said, "Tell her she's going to smell her grandbaby's toes." And I said, I heard something. She said, who did you hear? I said, I don't know. She said, what did they say? I said, well, the voice said, you're going to smell your grandbaby's toes. She took a step back from me. She said, what does it mean? I said, I, I don't know. But um, it doesn't sound like dying to me. She said, well, it doesn't sound like dying to me either. So in the meantime... Her daughter was only 16. In the meantime, she went to MD Anderson. Like Charles sent her home to die. And when she was, when she made the trip, um, they were going to call at 12 o'clock so that I could call all the relatives and tell them whether she was going to live or die. And my girlfriend had fallen down the stairs, broken her ankle, and I was taking her to Walmart and she didn't want to go and I wanted to get her out of the house so I pushed her in a desk chair to the car put to the garage and I, I dumped her on the floor helped her get back up when, when we came to the door helped her get back up shoved her up into the suburban and took her to Walmart and in Walmart 
was a lady that we could smell and we couldn't see her. Then she turned a corner and we saw her and she had, Daniel, she had the most horrific smell. Oh it was burnt and flesh and and like an ammonia capsule oh, wow. under your nose was that this? took your breath away. Oh my gosh. This lady. And this lady followed us to where we were checking out and she stood about 10 feet behind us and mm-hmm. she could barely walk. Her legs her leg, her knees were the biggest things on her legs, and and the the people the the people were were um, looking at her and and making faces, and she stood ten feet behind us. She had to hold herself up on her basket, and she walked really slow. And I didn't want to turn around, and she tried to get my attention, and I turned around. And I said, "What, honey?" She said. Um, God's very good to me, and I'm very good to my God. She said, but my knees, my knees hurt so bad. And the compassion of Jesus Christ washed over me, and I forgot about the smell. And I bent down, and I put my hands around her knees. And I just said, I said, God, don't let her knees hurt. She said, lady, she said, I got my cancer test back today. And she said, they didn't have one blue mark on them. She said, I'm cancer-free today. And I said, well, well, what, what kind of cancer did you have? She said, I don't know. It was a big word. I said, well, where was the cancer? She said, it was right here. She pointed to her neck. I said, did you have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma? Yeah. That's what I had. And I looked down at my watch and I said, my cousin's going to call me at 12 o'clock. I said, oh, it's 12. She's going to tell me if they're going to send her home to die or if she's going to live. And the lady said, I said, that's the kind of cancer she has. The lady said, tell your cousin she's not going to die. Just tell her to look up. That's where her healing's going to come from. So I walked back to my friend in line, 10 feet in front of me, and I said, Phyllis, can we take her home? I know your, I know your um, Suburban is new, but I, I'll, I'll spray some stuff in it. I mean, it's so hot, and she's got to walk all the way out there to the bus. Can we please take her home? She said, yeah, girl. So I turned around to say, you don't have to take the bus in the heat. And, and she was gone. And she could barely walk behind that basket. And I ran up and down the aisles, up and down the aisles, and she was in her basket with her big olive oil, was absolutely gone. Who oh, was absolutely gone. Oh, my goodness. <clears throat> and she was an angel. And, and Dan, she was dirty, and her hair was stringy, and her clothes were baggy, and she was an angel. Wow. I told Frances Hunter what happened, and she said, yes, dear. You had a desire in your heart, and anybody who would have approached her that day, they would have gotten the desire of their heart. So um, my cousin is across the street. She was fat and sassy. Um, I have a little bit more of the story. I want to wrap the whole story together. 
just if you um, it would be now seven and a half months ago the same cousin was laying in the hospital and she was dying and um, she was dying of the same thing her mother died of and so my cousin called me I said sure I'll go to the hospital so I went to the hospital then and I walked in and the Lord said I want you to just tell her she's not going to die so I, I walked in and I said um, I just came to tell you something she said what she was very weak she had pneumonia she'd had a heart attack she's 50 um her lungs were full of fluid her her heart had congestive heart failure um she had fallen broken her hip just like her mom just like what her mother had just died of and i said the lord said you're not gonna die i'm not i said no no you're not gonna die um her daughter was over there, tears are running down her eyes because the doctor has told them. So I said, remember the last time you thought you were dying and I came and I told you you were going to smell your grandbaby's toes and that was Jackson. She said, yeah. I said, well, the Lord says there's another one in there. And her daughter looked at me and they all got big eyes and they all got happy. And two days later, her daughter couldn't go see her mama in the hospital because she had the flu, she thought, and she was pregnant. And Jet um, was born seven days ago, Daniel. Whoa. <sighs> Isn't that amazing? I love baby stories. <laughs> and, see... <laughs> And, and this so that's is, a long story. Uh-huh. That's a long story, and that baby's a manifestation of the love of God. My goodness. I just, I'm so undone. I'm so undone. Now, how many years transpired between the first time you were praying for her and this most recent? Um, probably... Let me think. Probably 14 years. Mm, mm, mm. A lot of the people I pray for is a long story. You know, the Lord will tell me there's more. My goodness. There's more. I love it. I'm going to tell you a funny one. I can't wait. Okay. There was a lady. um, I was at a meeting and... I'm in the bathroom, and the Lord says, the lady next to you, her her back is hurting really, really bad. And um, so I said, okay, Lord, okay. So I wash my hands, I dry my hands, and I knock on the stall door, and I said, can I pray for your back? And she said, um when I get out hmm. so, so she came out sheepishly and um, I just said the Lord said your back was hurting and so I said I want to pray for it she said okay so I prayed for her back and she bent over I said now, now try to do something you couldn't do before so 
she bent over and then she rubbed her back and she said I have to tell you something I said what she said the rods are gone oh the rods are gone um, and I I just want to encourage everybody that would hear the show you don't have to know anything anything are you suggesting that her testimony meant the rods in her back were dematerialized? Yes. Come on. Yes. Folks, let me tell you something about the power of Jesus Christ. Mm. It's excessive. Mm. Go ahead, Willie. It's extravagant. That's mm. what it is. Mm. There was another lady. I was at it. You know, uh, Daniel, you know that I have short, spiky, blonde hair. Yes. And mm. when anybody tells me that they love my hair, um, this thing jumps up inside of me. Holy ghost and power jumps up. And I'll look at them and I know, who, honey, you about to be healed. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a knowing, just a knowing. And so I was passing a lady. We were leaving a conference, and everybody's trying to get to their car to get out. And I passed the lady, and very softly she said, Oh, I like your hair. And she said it more to herself than to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm in a hurry, and, I'm, and the Lord said, Are you going to pass that by? And I said, No, Lord. And... um so I went to her and I said, can I pray for you? And she said, sure. So the Lord had a word. And the word was, the crushing is over. And I'm putting the pieces all back together. And you're going to move and flow and worship me like you did before. And she began to weep. She was crushed in a car. She had a pin in her knee to her hip. And um, she couldn't she couldn't get on her knee, and she used to be a praise dance leader, a worship dance leader. And um, so she said, "I I have to tell you something's happening because my leg is just it's on fire, it's on fire." <sighs> um, her rod was gone. She went back home and worshipped and danced and leapt and twirled to Jesus who thank you father this is just incredible thank you lord now how long after you got saved did you begin to see the power of god move to bring healing to people you were praying for are we okay. talking days Weeks? No. Months? No. No, I started chasing people right away. The same day? I started chasing people the same day. Um, <laughs> um, people would pass me by in a restaurant and tap me on the shoulder and say, I perceive you're a woman of God. Would you come home with me and, and pray for my daddy? And just just wild things. The lady said, I believe in prophets because a, a prophet lady went to the car uh, dealership where my daddy was at, and he had fallen between two cars, and they couldn't get him up. And 
And so she went, she went there and she prayed for him and he got instantly healed. She wanted me to come pray for her brother. That's what it was. He got instantly healed. She said it was three years ago. I said, uh, well, I was that lady. She tapped me on the shoulder in a restaurant. Wow. I was that lady and I've been praying for your brother for three years. Oh, I mean, God is amazing. Huh. Daniel, that's how you know you're walking your scroll when those crazy things begin to happen to you. Now, let me ask you this question. Please ask me. I'm going to ask you about discipleship. How did the journey of discipleship play out in your life? Was it there? Was it difficult or challenged? Was it a place of severe discouragement? How did that component of your walk with Jesus pan out? Well, um, the the people in the church that I was going to didn't know what to do with me, mm. and they were frightened of me. And And I didn't know not to tell. They had a good reason. I didn't know not to tell everything that I saw. Um, and... So um, <laughs> they would walk around the other side of me. I tried to go to a Bible study one time, mm-hmm. and it was in the book of uh, John, and I was in uh, John, First John, Little John. And I thought, I don't even have the same Bible they have. My Bible doesn't say anything their Bible does. So I decided not to go back to Bible study anymore. But I would come home, and I would lay on the floor, and I would ask God, and He would teach me. Mm-hmm. I would be taught by the Holy Spirit. I could hear Jesus talking to me. God would hold me, and He would assure me. And the, the most valuable things that I learned, I learned um, on my face. The precious times. Mm. Precious, precious times. I had a... A lady who sat behind me in church, mm-hmm. and um, she said, "You know, I, I see myself in you, and um, I just need to—I just need to talk to you." So, she, when she talked to me, I could feel the anointing in her that I didn't feel in anybody else, and I, I greatly desired to talk to her and to feel that feeling. And so she would say, don't call me to the Holy Spirit says to call me. This is in the very first days. And I didn't know that I was hearing from Holy Spirit the thing I didn't understand. I didn't have a grid. So I would call her and I would say, and she would say, Willie Ann, did God, did Holy Spirit tell you to call me? And I'd say, no, ma'am, that's why I'm calling you. I'm calling you to... Uh, ask Holy Spirit if I can call you now because I'd like to talk to you. So could you ask Holy Spirit? And she'd hang up the phone. <laughs> she'd hang up the phone. And I'd see her in church, and she'd say, don't you call me till you hear from the Holy Spirit. So I just was on the floor. I, I need to hear from you like she hears from you. I need, I need. So she pressed me to have a relationship 
with the Holy Spirit and to understand who he was and to let him guide me. And it was so, um, it was so um, instrumental in the way that I walked because I, I, I really didn't have people to talk to. Mm-hmm. So I talked to Holy Spirit. You know, um, I asked that question because you, you, what you're saying is going to resonate with a lot of people that listen to my program. You know, Willie, God is doing a new thing and he's calling a lot of sons and daughters into this, uh, this place uh, of, of manifesting and demonstrating his kingdom. And it doesn't look like business as usual. And, and there's a lot of people... That are being pulled and even um, released into giftings where there is a sore lack of discipleship for those giftings and um, capacities. And, and it's tough. And I ask you that question because I know that there are people listening to this program who have it tough. They've been taking this journey where it's like... Oh my goodness, where can I find some fathering, some mothering? And, you know, it, it, it can get, it, I know it was, it was tough for me as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, church as usual doesn't always have a place, a seat at the table <laughs> for those that God is pulling a little higher. And, um, you know, I just want to encourage those of you that are listening Keep journeying with God, uh, regardless of what's going on around you. Stay in forgiveness. Stay in faith. Stay in relationship. And, um, you know, God will just keep taking you on your journey. Um, Willie, when did you start seeing in the Spirit? I started seeing in the Spirit when I came out of the baptism waters. Mm. So you got saved, except to Jesus, you were running around, chasing people down, let's get you healed. Go into baptism waters, and then you're not now seeing in the Spirit. Yes. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Um, I, I just want to, I want to encourage people like mm. you did. Um, there is a group of people who, just like you said, won't be conventional. And God really loves the uniqueness of each person that he made. He took um, this precious, precious, precious plan of his and made each person so different and so unique to sound different, to smell the fragrance the, the, the size of your feet are even designed for your journey and, and where they'll take you and the turn of your nose and the timbre of your voice is, is made to be harmonic with other people. And God will bring those people around you. God will bring those um, that you make beautiful music with, that your frequency causes each other's frequency to go up higher so if you're discouraged today don't be discouraged and and you don't have to do facetime on your phone you can do facetime with jesus 
um, it's the best. He's the best teacher. He's the best teacher. Amen. And as a matter of fact, in your case, um, you wound up becoming affiliated with Angela Greenig, who was uh, another guest I, I had on my program a couple months ago. Um, wow. She's an amazing, amazing uh, woman of God. She's not like anybody else. <laughs> she is one who moves in the fullness of how he has created her. And, you know, uh, Daniel, when we get to the place where we stop worrying about what other people think, we begin to walk in our authentic self, not trying to be like somebody else, but to be the, the uh, all that we're created to be. And Angela is that gladiator that she was born to be. And um, she's an amazing woman of God. She has linked shields with Only Believe Ministry. And like she said, she put her pal on my pal, and now it's a pal pal. Um, <laughs> yes, amazing. And the show that you did with her, the uh, recording you did with her, is a, is a so anointed, Daniel. Well, I'll tell you what, she is one anointed woman of mm. God, <laughs> as are you. And Willie, I, I, I want to get into the seeing. When God opened up that sea around to you after you came out of the baptism waters, how did that, um, I guess, characterize your journey with Jesus going forward? Um, I began to have um, experiences in the spirit realm and where I didn't understand at that time that I was actually journeying there. And when you have an experience with Jesus or a vision, nobody can change your mind. You know, they, they can hold a knife to your head, and they can't change your mind because you experienced it. Well, I began to have these visual experiences with Jesus that I, I wouldn't back down from. And every experience that I had, Daniel, taught me, taught me how to access um, the miraculous or taught me more about prophesying or more of what I was going to walk in each time I had this, this amazing experience. Want me to tell you about one of my favorite ones? Of course. Okay. I want to explain this. When someone has a vision and it carries a frequency, and you may be able to add stuff and explain it better than I can, but when someone has an experience, it carries a, a frequency, and you can step into that frequency and enter into that very vision and experience it. So I encourage you as I uh, tell about what happened to me um, and how it changed my life. I didn't know how it was going to change my life, but step on in with me. I found myself in this long white hall and 
um, that had swinging doors to my left. And as I looked up over the swinging doors, it said, um, body parts warehouse. And the swinging doors were really, really tall. And each time a door swung, each time a door swung open, I would be blinded by the light and I would have to regain my vision. And the doors were swinging fast and they were swinging often. And in the right door, an angel would zoom in and this angel would have the prayer of a saint in their hand. On the left side, there would be an angel coming out and that angel would be carrying a leg or a heart or an eye. So I crept a little closer, I crept a little closer, my eyes got a little more adjusted to the light. And in just the blink of an eye, I stepped inside. And then I had to readjust again. My, I was totally blinded this time. It was so brilliant. The human eye can see 20 miles. And so I couldn't see the back wall. It was, uh, to me, a long... Um, it was a, a long, long uh, room, mm -hmm. and I couldn't see the ceiling, so it meant the ceiling was more than 20 miles high. It meant the back wall was 20 miles further, you know, that my, that my eye couldn't see the back of the wall. On the sides, on the left and the right, were like um, glass petitions that had uh, body parts, and they were suspended. And I looked, and I understood that they were being incubated in light. And so an angel would come in and would take this body part and go out the door and the angel in the answer to the prayer of a saint and go and place this body part in the person. But I asked God, I said, God, how, how does that, that, that body part that's lit how does it turn to flesh and I'd had a conversation with God um, a few months before and in church they said um, you know now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen and, and everybody in church just went wild and I, I couldn't I said God I, I don't understand that and I came home and I asked them, so what does it mean? I don't, I don't know. Why did you put the middle in the end and the end of the sentence in the beginning? And why? I said, it doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And he came into my room that night. Mm -hmm. And he began to say the scripture over and over and over and over and over again until I, I couldn't bear it anymore. And I got my pillow, and I got uh, a blanket, and I went downstairs. I'm, I'm going to leave him up in the bedroom with my husband. <laughs> and when I got downstairs, he was sitting on the couch waiting for me. One of his legs were crossed, swinging a leg. I said, come on, I, I don't get it. Don't you understand? I don't get it, he said. Child, faith is the stuff 
miracles are made of. What? My faith? He said, it can be your faith. It can be your faith. Faith is a substance. So when that body part is incubated in light and then put as flesh into a human, it's our faith that creates the substance for the unseen. Who? So I begin to understand the body part room. And I began to march around and march around and march around and pray for a miracle that would start a revival like the Argentine revival. That one miracle, I began to march around and pray for it. Lord, just that one miracle, just give me that miracle, Lord, that would bring down the walls of the churches. I would wake myself up at night singing the song Revival um, and one day I said, oh, God, you don't have to give it to me. I- I'm so sorry. That was real selfish. Give it to somebody in the Baptist church. Give it to somebody in the, in the Methodist church. Give it to a church who doesn't believe in miracles so that all the walls of all the churches can come down. The thing that Jesus died for, and we can be one. So... um as I prayed and prayed for that, I began to be pulled to where people died. And I would just go lay hands on them and expect them to come back to life and to call them back to life. And they didn't come back to life. But every time somebody didn't come back to life, the Lord would tell me why. So my friend was sick with cancer And she made me promise if I die, will you call me back to life? I said, I will. So I spent the evening with her. And just after I left, she died. Her husband called me back. And so I went to the room, and I began to pray for her to to, uh, just get up out of the bed, just uh, resurrection life to come back into her. And just I prayed, and I prayed for my toenails. And I thought to myself, man, I hope I I can pray for me when I die because this, I mean, I could feel the anointing just rolling all over me. And then I remembered somewhere, somewhere in that Bible, somebody laid on top of somebody else and they got up. I wasn't sure what the story was, but I knew the essence of the story. They got up. So, so I hadn't been able to touch my friend. She was in so much pain for the cancer. So I backed up and I thought, I'm going to do my very best Superman leap just a leap of faith. I backed up and ran my little short distance and I lunged and I just lunged on top of her and I just called her back, called her back, called her back. And after about 45 minutes, her husband said, it's okay, Willie. It's okay. So Daniel, I walked out into the, I walked out into the parking lot and it was raining and I said, God, your word says Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, set the captives free. I'm just doing what your word says to do. And nobody has gotten up 
nobody has gotten up. And I said, do you still love me? And I felt this, I guess a lightning strike, this powerful electricity that just blew me down, that went just all over me, just the love of God. And he said, child, if you lay on enough people, if you lay on enough dead people, somebody's going to get up. Mm, mm, mm. So it made me, it made me laugh. <laughs> so I started laughing, wiped my tears and wiped my nose, and I got up and got my wet self to the car. And um, I never knew it would be my grandbaby. I never knew that the miracle that I was praying for would be my grandbaby. And I got a phone call um, from my daughter, and she was screaming from the bottom of her stomach, and I couldn't understand her. I said, "Baby, I don't, I don't know what you're saying." She said, "Mama, Tyson's in an ambulance, and we're following it, and they will not tell me if he's alive." They will not tell me if he's alive, and that's what they do when somebody's dead. I said, okay, look, I'm on my way. It doesn't matter if he's dead. Mama, I'm calling back to life. Okay, Mama. So I get to the hospital, and Tyson got away from us all the time. Um, we had to watch him every single minute. I thought he got in the road at the babysitter's and was smashed in pieces and I said, God, I don't care how many pieces he's in, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go call him back to life and you can put the pieces back together. So when I found out he drowned I was so relieved that's just one piece. It just seemed so easy. So on the way to the hospital, the um I began to get instructions. And he said, Assemble an army and I want you to call this person, this person, this person, and this person. The first person he named, I said, Lord, you know she moved to Texas. You know she did. You know she's not here and she can't go to the hospital. He said, call her. And before I could get her phone number dialed, um, driving 80, I see her orange Hummer. And she was back from Texas visiting her kids. No. And so these people meet me at the hospital. I beat them. <laughs> and we we go we go and he, this is what he said he said you'd better know my will for him and you'd better not pray one prayer you don't believe he said a prayer that a person doesn't believe is just noise to me so i knew that i had to know what i believed in that moment in time and i knew his will i knew that if we buried my grandchild, we'd bury my daughter. And that's not God's will. It's not, it's not God's will. So <clears throat> I get to the hospital. They're all in the room. My, my son, uh, my son-in-law and my daughter are in the room with the chaplain. And he says, let us pray. And I said, okay. So we, we, got, we held hands. And he began to say, Lord, give them the grace to walk this tragedy. And he was preparing us for Tyson to die. 
and I was there with a job to do, and that that chaplain made me very angry. And I said, can I pray? And he said, well, yes, sure. So I began to call out to Tyson, and I began to command his brain to commandeer his body for life. And I commanded his lungs to empty, commanded his heart to beat. And I think that was probably when I asked for the angels to bring him a new brain to commandeer his body for life. And um, and then at the end, I said, uh, uh, I was screaming in that room that you have to be really quiet in. You know, you have to be quiet in that dead room. <laughs> and I was screaming, Tyson Carter, I say live! I say live! I say live! And it scared the chaplain. And the chaplain said, who are you? And he had made me angry. So I hit my chest, I got in his face, I bared my teeth, and I said, I'm the granny. Because, <laughs> Daniel, I'm not a grandma, I'm a granny. And I have granny law, just like Talladega Nights. But kids all know we have granny law. So um, the doctors came in after that, and they told us that He'd been underwater for a long time, and it wasn't how long the babysitter said. She said she got him out right away, but he said she, he's been underwater for a long time. They could not intubate him in the ambulance. The report said, unfortunately, we couldn't intubate him. And they had him mechanically alive, and he was packed in ice. They told us that. He would get pneumonia. The pneumonia would kill him. But in 72 hours, his brain was already more swollen right now at 4 o'clock in the afternoon than they would hope it wouldn't be 72 hours later. And they said that um, he'll never see, he'll never speak, he'll never know who you are, he'll never play or run or do anything. Better not to pray for him to live. You'll change his diaper and you'll shave his face at the same time. And um, so I just went to my kids and I said, "That's not. That's not true. That's that's not going to happen. He's going to live. It's okay." So we we went upstairs and I I went in there to look at him and I've never seen somebody's bottom lip hang down past their chin. His eyes roll back in his head. He's uh, blue, packed in ice, and um, on life support and heart, all that stuff. He had tubes coming out a lot of him. It was just a terrible thing to see. And the Lord said to me, "Don't, don't look at, don't look at him." I said, "Where, where do you want me to look, Lord? He wants you to look at me." There he was, <sighs> standing right behind the bed. There he was, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Just like the word says, there, there he is. And the lady, the lady in Walmart, the stinky angel, said, look up. That's where your healing comes from. So I never looked at my grandson again. I looked up at the face of Jesus. 
and people would come in and they would come in crying and hollering and screaming and make them all be quiet and tell them to shut up or leave and I put my Bible over my face so I couldn't look at them I put my Bible over my ears just to, they thought I was insane um, but at at 9 o'clock my daughter came to me and said mommy I, I need clean clothes I've, I'm bleeding and I said why? She had had a baby two days before, and in all of this, she, she, uh, the other grandparents came and got the baby. And in all of this, we'd all forgotten the baby. And I said, oh, oh, yes, okay, I'm going to go home and get you some clothes. And I'm going to end this story that I tell. As people listen to it, there's so many keys that I'm throwing out as we're talking, Daniel. Mm-hmm. So many keys. And... So at 9 o'clock at night in the dark, I get in my car, and, and I began to drive. And I began to hear a voice, and the voice is absolutely so comforting, so beautiful, so wooing. I wanted to do everything that voice said. And the voice said to me, did you see how many people are there? Your friends, none of your friends believe that that baby's going to live. They're there to support you when he dies. How many people do you think you can uphold on your own faith? You're just one person. And did you see the blood coming out of the tubes? Did you see blood coming out? Did you see the dirt and the filth coming out of the baby's lungs? You can't survive that. If you would just pull off here in the dark in the woods and go in the woods and scream, you could let all that pressure off because you're the only one believing he's going to live. After all, you deserve it. And right then, boom, I thought, oh, my Jesus, I'm riding with the enemy in my front seat. And I've been listening. What do I know? What do I know? I thought, okay, praise and worship. I'm putting some praise and worship. He'll be able to take it. He'll have to get out of my car. So I, I pushed in a CD that was sticking out of my CD player. Pushed it in in my car. And the word said, on the first day, he healed him. On the second day, he restored him. And on the third day, they walked this big booming voice and I went okay he's gonna walk on the third day I need three sets of clothes so I I got three sets of clothes for her I got three sets of clothes for the daddy and I ran to my house and I got three sets of clothes went back to the hospital and the hospital was very kind and they gave me a bed to sleep in and I actually fell asleep. But at 1.30 in the morning, somebody comes in screaming and flipping on the lights. He's awake! Huh. He's awake! And he scared the nurses. He sat, they said he couldn't see, could, he would never speak, he, could, he wouldn't be able to hear, all of those things. He sat up in the bed, and he picked up his little, his little, um, his little arms were on boards. You know, they strap them on boards. 
and he picked up that board and he shook his fist at him and around the tubes in his mouth he mouthed I want my mama mm. Mm. <sighs> so we ran in there but by the time we got down the hall they had to put him had to give him morphine because he was ripping everything out so they put him back down with morphine and the next morning they started lowering his um they started lowering his oxygen little by little then they told us um his temperature is climbing i just went in there and i talked to his temperature everything every doctor's report that they will give you about a person is is information the enemy wants to drop you with but if you flip that information and you declare over the person, you have, you have the, the, the code. You've got the key. Instead of coming into agreement with it, you speak the opposite. I would go speak to his temperature, and I would watch the temperature drop. Just stand there and just watch it. So whatever they said, I just spoke the opposite of. So the third day came, mm-hmm. and my daughter said, I want to see my baby. So her sister, my daughter, took her to see her baby. So while she was gone, I said to Mike, his daddy, I said, let's, let's try to get him up. And because, remember, the Lord told me on the third day he's going to walk. So very expectantly, you know, expectation, runway for a miracle, and faith all lifted, we get him up, and we have to have the the, um, bags of saline and the medicine that's going in, and we both have one of those things, and we each have a hand, and we literally just have to drag him. And so we just kind of looked at each other, and we put him back in the bed. And I went to the window, and Daniel, I want to tell you mm-hmm. that my faith has grown and multiplied and has been cemented in at many windows of a hospital room. And I went to the window, and I said, Lord, I trust you. And your word says that you will turn everything for our good if we love you and you know I love you and I trust you and he said child yes yes Lord he said is today over with yet I said no I stood at that window for a long time Daniel and realized something was hurting me and it was my face because I'd been smiling for such a long time (laughs) in the face of my Savior. Oh, my God, in the face of my Savior. So about 4 o'clock that afternoon, which would have been three days later at 4 o'clock when they told us he was dying, he began to cry to get out of bed. So this time we put him down, and this time we ran with those whatever those things that hold the saline bags we ran behind him trying to keep up with him 
and the whole hospital would come. People would filter through and just to come and to see him and to look at him. And that was the very same day that he pushed his 200-pound daddy around in a wheelchair because now he was bored and he needed something to do. The same day? The same day. Come on. The same day. So we were, we were um, checking out. We were going to go home. This is the next day now. We're going to go home. And they told us that it would take time. It would take time to know what the extent of his brain damage was. And I told Heidi, I said, he doesn't have any brain damage. He doesn't have any, honey. God doesn't do anything halfway. So I'm standing there, and um, I'm going to sign the checkout papers. And the doctor was Muslim. And many miracles had happened while we were up in the... um, the pediatric um, ICU, one of the nurses came to me and said, I heard you prayed for people. I said, I do. She said, my grandbaby didn't have any cartilage in his pointer finger on his right hand, and it just flops. She said, can you pray for him? I said, yeah, can you lift your faith for some, what does he need, bone or cartilage or whatever? And she told me, I don't even remember. So we prayed, and the next day the baby was, um, using his finger, which had always hung on his little game iPad or whatever. And um, the um, chaplain had come up and asked me to pray for his uh, sister who had had cancer in the hospital. So anyway, I'm checking out, and the nurse looks up at me and she says, I love your hair. Uh Uh-oh. And I said... (laughs) I said, come here, baby. Give me your hand. He's about to get healed. I don't even remember what she told me. Whatever it was, was healed. And the doctor stopped. He, he had his pen halfway in the air, and he just was staring at me. And I said, my Jesus is alive. He's alive. And he heals. He said, oh, I see so many things up here. He said, lady, could you pray for us up here? Could you pray for us? Um, So that was our sweet send-off to go home. (sighs) That story is just phenomenal, Willie. Yes. So you want to know about Tyson now? I do. Tyson is a um, championship wrestler. Um, He, at one point, was number seven in the nation, uh, second place in Texas. He's been first place (laughs) in Louisiana. He makes uh, good grades. He's a warrior man. And um, the Lord told me he was a warrior, and that was necessary for for him to push through what he pushed through but when he was little um not long after he came home uh, we, we we never have pressed into it and we've never led him into an answer but we just always wanted him to say what he wanted to say hmm. so i just asked him i said what happened that day bubby and he said this monster with red eyes and long fingernails 
him pull me under the pool. See, he said he pulled him. It's like deeper oh. than the water, right? Wow. And then he said, but a boy with blue, blue eyes and a knife in his mouth got me. Huh. So that was Jesus. So now if, if we're home and I need to pray for a child, I bring my grandchild with me. And he, and he prays. And we see all kind of little miracles in, his, in their friends. They'll call me and they say, Granny, can you come? Can you come and can you come pray for our friend? God's amazing. God is amazing, Willie. <laughs> and this is the thing, folks. Uh, what you need to understand is that if you serve Jesus Christ, you are actually serving the same God that Willie serves and me. And he's the same God that does these miracles. And I'm telling you what, he's not done yet. I want to ask you this question now, Willie. Um, that story is so profound, but... You see, not only do you minister in the area of healing, um, not only has the Lord opened your eyes, and so you also are a seer and you move in the prophetic realm, but God got you doing deliverance too. Oh, he does, Daniel. <laughs> I mean, it's like jack of all trades, kabam, you know. Uh, <laughs> now, how, how did he drift you on over to the deliverance camp. <laughs> I um I I didn't have anybody to talk to about healing. I I told God, I said, God, I need answers and I don't even know the questions. You, you have to know how so unchurched I was. So unchurched. And what I believed was what I read in the Bible. The very first day I read the first page of the Bible, my daughter's boyfriend's mother needed a quadruple bypass. It was her 16th surgery. She had a deformed heart. And I prayed with her over the phone. And all I talked about was the first page because it's all I read. And I said, you know what? If we could believe the first page of the Bible... I bet we could believe the rest because the first page is really freaky. You know, I mean, a God who can do that. I bet he keeps hearts in his pocket. What do you think? She And I heard her breathing going from someone who needs a quadruple bypass, whose blood's not getting oxygenated, whose lungs are starving for oxygen. I heard her, her labored breathing go soft, just with ease. She hmm. said, I... I believe that's true. I believe that's true. And, and Daniel, I, I think the key is to just believe the Word. The name of my ministry is Only Belief. He named it. I argued with him. I wanted something really fabulous like rocket fuel or, you know. <laughs> but he said Only Believe. And I, I, I began to understand what you know what you believe you can have if you can believe it so 
those were the things that I believed because I didn't know not to believe them. When I began to go lay uh, hands on dead people to call them back to life, I would try to find out what church they went to so that I didn't overstep a boundary and ask them, do you mind if I go and lay hands on them? And they would say, well, um, um, <laughs> no, we've, we've already sent a team there, though. And I said, oh, oh, okay, so they'll call them back to life. And they said, uh, <laughs> well, if the Spirit moves them, they will. And I said, well, can you tell me how many times the Spirit's moved them to call somebody back? I want to know. I'm trying to learn. How many times the Spirit moved them to call them back to life? And she said, uh, never. I said, okay, so then I won't be stepping on anybody's toes. And um, they said, uh, no, no, not at all. Um, I learned, so if people just understood that the word is true and that the word is alive and they would just look around and activate for that person that God placed in their path, that's all I do. What I do is a very, very simple thing. So, okay, I'm working. A lady comes in. I'm working an hour away from home. I'm working in Beaumont, Texas. And a lady comes into the store, and she says, I've dreamed of your face, and I have a book for you. And I said, uh, a step back from her, I, this was still strange. And so I called my husband, and I said, baby, this lady came in the store, and she said she had a book for me. And, 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 um, could I go to her house after work and get the book? And he said, what's the book? I said, I don't know. He said, who's the lady? I said, I don't know. He said, where does she live? I said, I don't know. Can I go? He said, yes. So I followed a lady into a black, dark Texas farmhouse road with no lights and uh, and went into her house, and she gave me a book. And the book said, how to Heal the Sick by Charles and Francis Hunter. So I, I read the book while I drove home, and my heart began to leap because I knew the things in the book, but I didn't know how to say them. And so I found them, and I asked my husband if I could go, and he said, no, no, you can't go to Houston by yourself. It's too dangerous, and somebody could get you, and they could hurt you. And... and so he left. I was sitting on the bed with him, and my eyes were dripping. And he said, don't cry. I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. My eyes are just dripping. So he left. And I told God, I said, God, if I never get to go, ask him questions and get some answers. I promise to serve you. Every minute of every hour of every day of my life, I promise to serve you. And my husband came back. And he threw a reservation on the bed. I said, what's this? He says, it's a reservation for a hotel room. You have to call me when you get to Orange, and you have to call me when you get to Beaumont, and you have to call me when you... And I had all these places I had to call him when I got there. Anyway, I went and sat under her for three and a half years, and I was always in trouble because she wanted us to bless them. She wanted them to fall, and we were to go to the next person. But when I would stand in front of them, God would tell me things. And I would say, God, 
can, can I have a new heart for him? God, he, he needs a new heart. Can he have one? And he said, this particular man, he said, he's got a hard heart. Got a hardening of the arteries and the muscles of the heart. And if I gave him a new heart, in two months, the new heart would be hard again. And from that one conversation, I began to understand, Daniel. I began to understand. It has to go deeper than a healing prayer. So this is years ago, and I called it prophetic healing because I used words of knowledge and words of wisdom, and, and I would see, and I would see an organ that was vibrating slow, or I would feel an organ that was vibrating slow, or I could feel where a disc in the back. And he began to teach me what was connected to different diseases and what the root was. And so I just very gently began to ask people, can I talk to you about what I'm hearing? And they would say, I guess so. So I would talk to them about them and about it and ask them if they wanted to ask the Lord for forgiveness. And they would get healed. Whoa. When I could get them to ask the Lord for forgiveness, they would get healed. And so where everybody else on the team, seven or eight people on Francis, Charles and Francis Hunter's healing team, were going bam, 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 um, I was just praying for four or five or six people but they would get healed and she came to me one day and said you realize or somebody on the team came and said you realize the people you're praying for are getting healed and I said yeah everybody everybody everybody's praying for is getting healed and she said no no they're not so I just began to inquire more and one day he said I'm going to teach you I'm gonna, when you take a person's hands, I'm going to show you what fruit of the Spirit that they're lacking and why they're sick. And it just kind of, he just taught me, it just kind of grew from there. Mm-hmm. Huh. What diseases are connected to? Disease is connected to. So it's been wild and it's been great fun it's been great fun and I'm gonna tell I live you a fun life okay. <laughs> a real fun life <laughs> yeah um, and this is profound and you know I mean this is where you begin to really realize like we're tracking the same ground Willie and I know that for me it's like oh yeah all of these systems are connected. Yeah. What what's going on with the spirit is connected to what's going on with the soul is connected to what's going on with the body. Yes. And the interconnectedness of the systems means that sometimes you have to address things on a different level or more than one level. Um yes. autoimmune diseases have been a huge component of what we run into when we are dealing with brokenness 
and heavy-duty dissociation. Um, why? Because autoimmune diseases are the body attacking itself, often driven by a root of self-hatred. Yes. And self-rejection. I have a story. I have a beautiful story. Go for it. I have my precious, precious bestie, and she calls me one day. And I, I've been ministering to her for a while. She calls me one day, and she said, Wills, I'm on the Internet. I'm on the computer. And she said, I have fibromyalgia. I have fever. And everything hurts, and my bones hurt, and my head hurts, and my hair hurts, and everything hurts, and there's no cure. <laughs> I said, Jew. She said, what? I said, you do not have fibromyalgia. She said, I don't. How do you know? I said, because I was with you and I prayed that day that I saw the spirit of rejection and self-hatred get up and walk out of you. They were black and ugly and they left. You don't, you don't have, you can't have that. You can't have fibromyalgia. You don't have self-hatred. She went, oh. Her temperature dropped. Every pain in her body left. <laughs> the pain in her flesh left. Her hair stopped hurting. Her teeth stopped hurting. She got up. She got dressed and went wherever she needed to go. It's that it only believe can work two ways. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So, yeah. now, Willie, um, how does the Lord have you flowing at this point in your ministry, in your service to his kingdom? Well, um, I have a, a healing and deliverance center. People make appointments and come in. People make, I pray for people over the phone, just like you do. Um, basically, whatever that person needs. He's given me a gift to see um, to see giftings in people mm -hmm. and to activate the ones that are dormant. Amen. And to call them into the fullness of who they are, to call them onto their path of destiny and to um, help them get the training they need for the particular gift that they have. Um, so, so um, I've been also taught in many deliverance ministries and um, probably about a year ago I discovered yours which is um, wildly exciting wildly exciting <laughs> and my life is forever changed and here's what happened to me Daniel just as soon as I started studying mm -hmm. um my phone began to ring with a different type of need. You know, it's like God knows everything or something like that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Jesus. My phone began to ring with a different type of need, mm -hmm. and it was people in grave danger. And, I, I mean, I was just, I was floored. It's like 
I put up a billboard that I'm being trained in this, and and the people came without anybody knowing. It's just it's been what it's been a wild ride with you, Dandoval. <laughs> <laughs> and the people get healed, and the people get delivered. Well, and they begin to live. They begin to be resurrected. You know, um, Willie, I just so appreciate you and your and your ministry, and um, I I will tell you what, it, it it's it's really cool to know that. Uh, look, first of all, for those of you that are listening, and you hear her talking, you're like, oh my gosh, Willie sounds like me. Only she knows what to do with everything God's pouring out, like you know. It's exciting to know you're not the only one. Um, that that God is doing a, a, a really cool thing with his body at, at this point in time where he is giving us keys to move beyond the veil and to get out of this 3D Christianity and to get into mm-hmm. kingdom, get into the expression of his government and to see the fruit that comes along with that. And, uh, you know, Willie, one, one of the things that you demonstrate so well is how just walking this journey with Jesus in a pure heart it, it is, is just tantamount to seeing, I mean, just mighty expressions of his power. And I want to um, close this program by giving you the opportunity to pray for people that have heard you talk and, and have, their, have had their faith elevated by the things you have shared, because there are people that are believing for healings for their family members. There are people that are believing for an unlocking of giftings they know they've received from God. They, there are people believing for various things. And I want you, I want you to pray for them. And then we will close. To. I would love to. I, I want to say this to you. There's many people with a burning in your belly and a burning in your hands to lay hands on the sick and see them healed it if you're not moving in this gift and this is a god-given gift it is a gnawing that happens inside of you that i understand and you know that you're supposed to have the gift of healing but you haven't seen any here's what i'm going to say to you don't stop don't stop one time i was standing in the healing line and um, a man came up, and he, he came up, and his foot was turned. So I prayed for his foot. He came up to have his foot prayed for. I prayed for his foot, and the virtue that left me was a powerful surge that went into this man. And so he said, Amen, and he walked away from me. And I just looked up, and I said, God, that virtue that left me, that was powerful, where did that go? Is it still in the air? Did you take it back? Can I have it back? Where's it at? And he said, rest assured, child, when you release the healing virtue, he said, something in that body is healed. He said, I want you to celebrate every single person that you pray for because it may be two cells in a breast or it may be something in a kidney. He said, I want you to celebrate, and I want, to, I want to see you jump and leap like you do, 
when you see a physical miracle because that anointing always heals. So if you have prayed for people and you haven't seen what you want to see, it's okay. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. The more you pray, the more it will build your faith until one day you see somebody healed and then you are forever, forever hooked. And I want to say right now, for people whose giftings are lying dormant in them, that you're just carrying around that, that which God has placed inside of you. And he's placed inside of you treasures. And you know there's something more. And you don't even know, like me, you, didn't, you don't even know what questions to ask. I speak to you, prophets, young prophets. I speak to you, um, prophet, uh, older people who think their time is past. <sighs> and I speak an activation to the prophetic gifting within you right now. I say prophecy, prophecy bubble up. <laughs> bubble up. And I'm going to say to you, young prophets who haven't moved in it, and even older people who haven't moved in it and you have the desire, open your mouth and speak. Get up every morning and ask God, what do you need spoken out loud today, God? Ask him, and he'll tell you. And he'll give you a word. He'll put a word in your mouth. And when you're chest gets tight and when your throat gets tight open your mouth and let that living water flow from you it'll heal it'll change people's lives it'll change the directions of their lives now i want to speak to everybody out there who believes that they have the healing anointing and if you're listening to this by faith i don't care if you're listening two months by faith lift your hand right now and father i speak an activation i speak a fire into your hands right now i release that anointing right now i activate that which is laying dormant within you right now i say come forth come forth i say lay your hands on dogs lay your hands on puppies put your hands on people's headaches just do it don't don't just stand there pray pray something and release you will be so shocked your lives will be turned upside down you are called to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth that's your call you are called to spread the knowledge of the glory of the lord across the earth as waters cover the sea so stand up in the fullness of who you are and just do it amen amen well it- <laughs> Amen. Now, here's the last thing, and, and I don't know if you... How can people get a hold of you? Oh, um, you can get a hold of me at um, onlybelieveministry.com. I would love to pray for activation of your giftings. Uh, you can email me. I'll contact you. <laughs> I'm, I'm all good. I'm, I'm like, my feet are not on the floor. Ah. <laughs> Amen. Well, folks, you've just been introduced to Willie Richmond. Incredible. Granny for Jesus. Like, come on. If that doesn't inspire you, I don't know what will. You know, look, you've been listening to Discovering the Truth with Dan Duvall. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Discovering the Truth with Dan DeVall is the premier radio program designed to center you on the kingdom of God. 
to equip you with faith in Jesus Christ and to unveil the truth behind the lies. This program has been a production of Bride Ministries. You can find us at www.bridemovement.com At our website, you can contact us, access resources, and support us with donations. We need partners in order to continue to produce our vision, which is to promote unity in the body of Christ worldwide and assist in the creation and development of sheep nations. Partner with us and be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Until next time, God bless and Godspeed. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.